played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Last night, and he sat out four games this year. Yeah. yeah. So his workload per game is just through the, I mean, through the roof. Yeah. I think he's banged up, man. All right. Thank you for joining the ESPC podcast. Uh, we were talking about last night's game. Uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, they will add to the Hawthorne effect. But uh, the purpose of this podcast is to make me money. I say that because you have so many people out there that are disingenuous and not transparent. So we're transparent on every pick. I bet every pick we give out, any changes we put on uh, Twitter before it happens, not after it happens. We have all these great analysis after it happened. We do it before it happens. So you have money in your pocket. Now, we're a little bit better than most because we have 32 straight weeks of profit. So every podcast is a business meeting with a purpose, specific purpose, and a realistic, realistic obtainable outcome that we explain in detail, especially uh, in this podcast, which I call the Rene Descartes podcast. Rene Descartes said you have to have a philosophy and a system because as crazy as this year has been, and you see most of the podcasts that started, they all quit after having uh, losing every week. We're still going and we're still making profit because we have a system and you let the system do the work, let finance do the work, right? Fundamentals and finance do the work because this is the richest country uh, in the history of the world. So Rene Descartes said that we use as a philosophy, lifeless, unexamined, not worth living. Uh, Bill Belichick has a whole separate staff he pays for self-scouting, right? How would you attack the patrons? So we self-scout ourselves. We torture ourselves. So we're not tortured by anybody else. Uh, for men, right, we have a lot of pride. Father knows death. We're supposed to have all the answers. We're head of family, head of businesses. So when we're wrong... It's embarrassing, right? It's uh, humiliating, right? It's very depressing. And when you're poor in the middle class, you have to make good business decisions about 80% of the time without having all the information. There's no such thing as excuses. When do you pay the rent? Every single day. Every single day you pay, you pay the rent. So if you're always making excuses as a sports better for why you lost the bet, blaming Pete Carroll, blaming the refs, blaming... You know, your wife, if you keep blaming, blaming is useless, right? Same thing as regret or guilt. They're all useless emotions. If you keep making excuses, you're never going to improve your performance. Now, things have changed. Apologize if anybody gets offended. But growing up, I was told by everybody, the neighbors who took me in because my family was from another country in the suburbs. And they took me in as their own. They would say, Josh, excuses are like a-holes. Everyone asks them. Everybody uses them. So you can't use excuses for why you got a bet wrong. So the Hawthorne effect is one of the main reasons that we've been able to go 32 straight weeks in a row with profit. Now, last week, we ended up 23 and 15. So 
let me figure out the percentage because I know college we did so well. My bankroll is doing very well. And that's what it's about, but it's about collaboration. For every person that has a million, if somebody has 10 million, 100 million. Uh, so you never measure stuff. But in business, if you are the smartest, toughest guy in the room, you are in the wrong room. Uh, we're going to go fast because uh, Chad has to go to the Holiday Bowl. So we'll go first words. Guys who are smarter, tougher than I am, but have helped me navigate this crazy season because every season is crazy. Every week is crazy. And there's been transitions in the NFL, uh, transitions that were going to happen anyways. Uh, Goodell retiring, rule changes, extending the schedule, plus changes in society, right? Uh, the kids who got participation trophies are now full force in the NFL. Uh, COVID, a lot of different things. So we got uh, Scott from the Northeast, uh, who's about the same age as I am. And then you have Chad from the West Coast, who's a lot younger than I am, which is real diversity, which real diversity in business is not just race, gender, or disability, right? It's, it's uh, different philosophies, different parts of the country. So we'll go first word, Scott, then uh, Chad, and we'll go over our losses. So uh, we went 60.5% last week. I just figured out as you were talking. So okay. um, anything over 60%, I'm, I'm pretty happy with um, in this crazy, crazy NFL world. Um, you know, I thought we had a good week. Thought a couple of, again, a couple of bounces, not excuses, but a couple of bounces could have, could have netted us a little bit more. So, um, you know, I'm ready to talk about it and ready to get on to week 17. So. Right on. Chad. Yeah, man, I, this is a, this is actually a rough week for me this week. I, I ended up in the negative. This is my first negative week in probably 18 weeks. Um, so, but man, I, a lot of stuff on the board, just really, um, Man, it was it, a lot of stuff just barely went the other way. I think I missed missed a few things this week. It was a crazy NFL week. Um, so, man, for the podcast to be positive and this this last week, I thought it was a crazy week. So that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got a I got a lot of thinking that I need to check um, moving forward here. And I think I missed some stuff this last week that I that I really should have got. So, um, yeah, just excited to go through these and and kind of check my thinking and hear hear, hear your guys' thoughts as well. Yeah, yeah I think we can find it real quick. But go ahead. I think, I think those double-digit dogs uh, were not as successful this past week as they have been in the past. So that yeah. that led to a little bit of a downturn in terms of that. So yeah. right, we'll talk about that. Uh, the book that I was looking for is uh, the Secret Art of Listening. Right. So to do, uh, to know, and not to do is not to know. So I have to relearn how to listen better because lack of listening cost me uh, 70% or more, right? Uh, in execution, because Chad knows how to execute, right? And Scott and I had winning weeks because we executed and Chad didn't, right? We were all on the same podcast, the same information. Yeah, so, exactly. It's just about listening. Uh, you know, when I got into financial services, I wanted to make money, da, da, da. I had to listen to my clients that are like, loan. we weren't born dirt poor or behind the eight ball. 
where your back up against the wall, you were dressed. I had an inheritance. I want tax mitigation. So I had to listen. So the next meeting, I can't say, oh, the stock is going to make a thousand percent. You'll be like, Josh, you're not listening to me. I want, I want to pay as least amount of money to the government as possible. What do you have on that? Right? So you have to listen. And go over my losses, it was me not listening. Uh, you all had this loss, the double digit dog in the division. And it's the thing we were just talking about young quarterback against veteran uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, and this is the theme. Same thing last night, same thing with the Giants. All right. They, they allowed, they just waited for this idiot to make a mistake. Idiot could be Sam Darnold. Idiot could be Jacob Fromm. Idiot could be Mike Lenning. That's all they did. And all three quarterbacks tossed off the ball and gave pick sixes, right? So big argument in sports betting has always been, can you predict turnovers? I think in this case, right? Because you look at trends, we got to be ready to go the other way. So instead of saying, okay, double-digit dog in the division, uh, all the uh, Darnold from Glennon when I get jobs next year, they're going to play vanilla. They're going to take care of the ball, not turn the ball over. They won't win, but they'll cover as double-digit dogs. If they don't turn the ball over, that happens. But all of them turn the not, – not only – it's one thing to turn the ball over and the other person's in going in from the 10-yard line. Right? Loser teams do that. They're – uh, turnovers were so uh, they were baited into, and that other teams were so confident, confident they were going to bait these guys into certain turnovers that they turned into pick sixes, scoops, and scores. It wasn't just that they turned the ball over. The other team, both the uh, Buccaneers and the uh, Eagles, scored on those plays, and they planned to score on those plays. So. That was me not listening, taking a step back and looking at the situation. And Scott told me till he was blue in his face that the Giants, <laughs> the Giants weren't going to score more than three points, right? Yeah. And uh, this case, the Giants were so bad, you can't take them as double digit dogs. And I chose, I made a conscious, active decision not to listen to Scott. And, mm. and I'm not listening to Scott. I'm out $3,000. Right? So I learned my lesson. What do you guys yep. thought of those two games? Man, I think the real common denominator in those two games is um, both those dogs, I mean, offensively, are Carolina and the Giants offensively are just so bad. Um, you know, these teams only needed to score like 14, 17 points to cover a double-digit spread. Right. Um, I mean, I think that that's the glaring thing is that offensively, I just – the Giants and the Panthers are so bad. I mean – the Panthers are throwing Darnold out there, throwing Kim out there. They don't know what they're doing. You know, Matt Rule's out there comparing it to Jay-Z. It's going to take him seven years to be successful in his press oh, conference. Hey, get East Hustler, man. Yeah. Seven He's like, oh, I'll make $49 million. It doesn't work out for the I'll write off yeah. the sunset. You know, and, um, I, you know, I think the totals we, we, we nailed on both those games. Um, the Carolina Buccaneers staying under with, with, with how, you know, Tampa was going to run the ball. Right. Um, but, I mean, that ball control just even kept the ball away from Carolina that much more. And then, you know, then same with the Eagles. You know, we, we thought late that there was going to be late scoring in that game. It was a little, even more late than I thought um, to sneak over. 
you know, we, I, you know, Josh has been on the fading the giants in the second half. So I was able to get the Eagles minus six second half line and go two and yep. three in that game or two yep. out of three. Um, but yeah, I really think, um, we were too blind on the double digit dogs and these, these dogs in the division at this point in the season that have just have no offense. Um, it's just, they're, they're not getting that late touchdown to cover a back door. They're not, they're just, they're that bad offensively. You're not going to get those backdoor covers. You're not going to get that. Um, yeah, I didn't factor that in. So we were 24 and 15, but that gets us up a little higher there. That's all I got there. Go, go ahead, Scott. Well, for the first time all year, I'm going to say you didn't have to do research on three games. All you had to do was say three names. Jake Fromm, <laughs> Sam Donald, Ian Book. <laughs> That's all you needed yeah. to say on those three games. Right. Carolina is playing uh, musical quarterbacks right now. It's not going to be successful as an offense when you're doing that. Secondly, Jake Fromm, not ready to play in the NFL for sure. Um, doesn't have a great handle on the whole playbook. Um, so with those two teams, definitely the offensive ineptitude led to us missing the sides, but picking up the uh, totals. So, you know, so when you look at it, you know, Jake Fromm, I knew wasn't going to be successful, but I thought the Giants defense would keep Philly low scoring and, uh, you know, the Giants in the game to cover it. And they didn't. So, you know, the Philly offense just just is on a different a different platform right now in terms of running the ball. They can run the ball really good. So, um, so that's it. The, just the two, just the three names: Cam Newton, Sam Donald, and uh, Jake Fromm. Mike Glennon too. You can throw that guy in there too. Those those four guys. Yeah, Mike not Glennon ready. is six and twenty-four as a starter. Yeah, and they're going back to him this week. I heard so. <laughs> We're gonna have to look at that hard. That's gonna be another double like digit possibly. He's good for those uh um backdoor covers. Yeah, he's yeah. really good down by 50 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> scores 35 points and covers again. Right. right. Uh I always say, right? Don't believe in Santa Claus, don't believe in the Easter bunny. Uh the Chargers are owned by the Greek mafia. <laughs> So they're, they're not, they, they did not have backups. Okay. They do not bring backups anywhere. And you say, Josh, what are you, you're saying all this stuff? I can prove it in court. And I have like eyes. There's this place called Sponge Docks in Tarpon Springs. And uh, Alex Banos, the dad, my family used to clean hotels for him. So there's a lot of things I saw growing up. And remember, they bought, the Chargers were bought, bought, um, from Gene Klein, right? Horse racing, Gene Klein. Uh, he had a heart attack and he, you know, Rosenblum died, right? So you can go to documentaries. You can even read the book that I have under Interference. It kind of connects the dots. And you got to look at selective prosecution. Not everybody or people who are dedicated to committing crimes are prosecuted because of political reasons, right? So that, that came out with George Floyd. You're like, Josh, what the hell does that have to do with sports betting? Well, it has to do with that I should have, again, listened to what was going on, saw that it was the line goes to plus 14, everybody betting the Chargers, Christmas, home team, I've even said it on podcast, to know and not to do is not to know. So I needed to act upon that. And bet the Houston Ravens to begin with. Uh, and then when it ballooned to 14, take him at that. I didn't either. 
and I paid for it, but we did get the over 45. It was a saving grace. What do you guys think about that game? The result of this game, who saw this coming? Who, who the heck saw this we coming? We have I, to do that analysis. Hey, the Greek mom made a lot of money on this game. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I, I didn't even, I didn't think the Chargers were going to lose the game. I thought once it got to 14, I started thinking maybe right. I should take Houston because that's a huge, huge number. And like you said, holiday weekend, Chargers traveled on Christmas into Houston or Christmas Eve. Right. Um, so they weren't ready to play. They, I watched most of that game. They weren't ready to play at all, at all. Um, Houston, to their credit, just took it to them, took it to them. Now they blew Jim's theory, you know, trying to tank games. They're not tanking. They didn't take that game. Well, well, let me ask you guys about this. Is the tanking, because specific is terrific. The tanking is for a first five uh, round or first, first picks in the first round. That's what the tanking is for. Not necessarily the first overall pick, depending on the team. Because uh, the guy that I know that has worked for five front offices in the NFL, and this guy is uh, NBA by the rule type guy, and he's just dumbfounded that each NFL franchise owned by multi-billionaires, sometimes dynasties, all have different best practices. They all, they're all on their own. They all do their, their own thing. Yeah, I will, I'll tell you a team that's tanking right now. It's the Lions. They're keeping games close, but Craig Reynolds, who completely has played really well the last few weeks, took a backseat to Jamal Williams, who came off the COVID list three days right. previous. So to me, that's a team, and not, not playing DeAndre Swift. I know he's, he's banged up. But what flavor of tanking is? I think Houston uh, That's the point. That's the yeah, first five picks. Yep. Fort wants the first pick. They don't care. Maybe Jacksonville was the first pick. They don't care. But the other flavor of, of tanking for Houston is we won the first five. We're comparable, uh, you know, so on and so forth. The team that should be tanking are the Giants because they have two first round picks. Two first round picks. They right. could be both in the top six this year. So they should be tanking looking to get picks. The Jets, same thing. The Jets are, are looking at two top ten picks as well. So, uh, and I think the Chargers. From a business standpoint, yeah, 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 I'm not the only one who thinks the tanking is flawed because you're yep. overestimating your own ability to right. pick draft picks. How many busts have we seen? You know, the exactly. Bucks, right? Bucks, you say, oh, the Bucks are great at the draft. They are, but for two years they pick kickers in the fourth round. They end yeah. up training camp. Yeah, we on draft picks. Yeah, on fire kickers. Yeah, so the Chargers game I didn't even see coming. I mean, I I I didn't know if they would cover. That was a, that was a shaky number. That was on the edge number, but I didn't see them losing the game outright. I thought they would win the game. They have a lot at stake right now in terms of playoffs. So this this shows me this game shows me that they don't want to go to the playoffs, right? And and travel to Cincinnati. Uh, Buffalo, New England, someplace like that. So you're seeing in bowl games where you know Miami's saying, Oh, it's gonna cost us a million dollars to go to the Sun Bowl, and the payout's only uh two million five. Yeah, so we're only gonna make five hundred thousand going to the Sun Bowl. We're just gonna tell them we all have COVID, right? Any thoughts on that, Chad? Yeah, um. You guys, 
I totally agree with you guys, man. I, I just think any time in the NFL, I know we talk about the, the, in the division, but I mean, I think in the conference, a double-digit dog has always got to be looked at. Right, you don't finally. You got to look at and it. I, and I just, I think when that line started moving up that high, um, you know, I got the Chargers at ten early in the week, but yeah, when that line just started moving, um, right. that's just a big number on the road. You know, the Chargers are not a a winning team you know they haven't won late in the year you know they haven't won that division in a while so um there's a team like them in general laying that big of a number in this without, part without, of the year any depth. they don't have any backups yeah exactly i, I think exactly. that was that was huge um you know we we run on that total again with this game going over but yeah just san diego just did not show up in this one at all um you know davis mills now has had a good little chunk of starts under his belt now um you know and i've seen him twice now kind of do be be decent um you know i think he's elevated himself out of the you know the ian book um cam newton you know family there um i think he is a step up and uh yeah i mean it's interesting the texans are an interesting team man they they, you know they they played some games at home now they've seen at, at home is when they they do these shockers they put the patriots really tough at home right in um, front of the, the people who pay thirty thousand dollars yeah i mean not thirty thousand three hundred thousand dollars for sweet yeah so man i i just think the texans yeah i mean that, that number chargers having to travel um you know travel to the uh is houston in the eastern or center i think it's probably central central central, yeah. central yeah. time zone and have to play a uh you know that's a, a 10 o'clock kickoff on the west coast you know that's that's pretty early so i think all those factors just um we missed all that in this one but yeah, that's all i got yeah so that's why that's strategic there why we bet 10 or more games because even though we didn't we colossally fail on the side and mitigating the side we, we still got that total and that's straight arbitrage buying and selling stocks in the same sector with similar companies, right? These are football teams. They all play football <laughs> and they're all in the commercial real estate industry, right? That's a commercial real estate industry win there, right? More value to this uh, home win. So uh, Atlanta, uh, Scott said it on the podcast, you know, you can't trust Atlanta with points. <laughs> you, really, you just cannot. And Detroit Boyle, more of a quarterback, he didn't commit any turnovers. So now you got to look at us. We look at next week, right? Is this guy going to cost the ball up? Is this guy done? Is he – because my wife, right, she's a psychotherapist, and she explained something to me I never understood, right? A guy like Ruggs with all this money, all this and that, how does he self-destruct like that? And people self-destruct, become drug addicts, gambling addicts, any kind of food addicts because they hate themselves so much. They conspire against themselves and Sam Darnold, uh, Jacob Fromm, they're all conspiring against themselves when they commit these turnovers, <laughs> right? Or instead of throwing the ball away, they know how not to commit turnovers. That's how they got into the NFL, but they do it anyways, right? Because they're depressed, right? They, they suck it. They can't read the defense. They get depressed and they cough it up. So, Measure of the man. You got to measure people. You got to read people in business. Uh, the Detroit quarterback did not turn the ball over. So they covered. They didn't even win. 
They weren't going to win. They're trying to change. But they covered just playing vanilla football and not turning the ball over and uh, just doing whatever. What do you guys think? We've been on Detroit all year. I mean, Detroit. Yeah. Detroit's done as well all year long. So, um, yeah, we're so we're nine and six. Uh, Detroit sides. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're profit Detroit sides. You know, in a game like this, you know, Detroit and Atlanta are pretty evenly matched. You know, so you 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 almost have to take the underdog getting six points in this in a situation like this because. They're probably going to cover. It's probably going to be a close game, and they're probably going to cover. So, um, and they're going to take more chances. It's happened, really. Yeah, chances with the old Maddie Ice is old. Right. And what's Detroit? See, Atlanta's got a, a flicker of hope to get in the playoffs. Detroit doesn't have a chance. So they they're just throwing things out there. They're just trying everything. They they have nothing to lose as a team. So um, I'm going to look at them really hard this this coming week. You know, going out to. Uh, Seattle. I'm going to look at them really hard. I think they could win that game. So they're, they're playing really, really hard for this coach, yeah, which, we'll get which is a testament to that staff. And, you know, they're staying in games and they're playing hard. And I know there were a couple of games at home early in the year where they just looked like they were, they were a tanking team, but they've got it together. They have a good running group. Uh, if Goff could, you know, get back on into the, into the, uh, onto the field, they have a decent passing game. So, you know, they're a decent team. So I look at them. I'm going to look at them really hard the last two weeks. Going with them. So. And, you know, they're staying in games and they're playing hard. And I know they looked like they were, they were a tanking team, but they've got it together. They have a good running group. Uh, if golf could, you know. All right. So I'm looking at the other part. <laughs> uh, onto the field. All right. So, next game we're going to look at is uh, the Vikings plus four. I thought they were right in it. We got to differentiate bad luck versus bad pick. Uh, definitely going over. We got it easy, and the Vikings try to come. What do you guys think? Let Chad go first. Yeah, yeah man. I, I mean, I was on the Rams money line here. Um, and I ended up playing the plus four middle late last second. And I wish I just would have stuck to my guns here and just stayed on the money line for the Rams and the over. Um, I really liked that over pick. You know, I thought the Rams would win the game for sure. Um, even though the Vikings should have covered the plus four, I think I might have got a little greedy there because um, I had my original two picks right. And that was kind of something was a theme of, of my week. Um, was my last second, you know, there I had it right on the impulsive. show, yeah, on, the pod, yeah, on the podcast. I had Rams money line in the over. I should have just stuck with it. Um, you know, even like, you know, the, the New Orleans total, I had under 39 in the podcast with Ian book and it dropped into 36 and a half. I switched to, to the over in that one, which is not sticking to my guns again there. Um, there's one more. I tell you when you take tests, right? Your first instinct. It's going to be right 80% of the time. Yeah, exactly. So, um, just, yeah, not sticking, you know, Baltimore, same one. Um, with uh, that third-string quarterback, I had over 45 on the podcast. I switched to the under um, with the third string with Josh Johnson in there. So, um, I think that was just a common theme of my week was was just kind of 
last I switched to last three, three picks last second. I missed all three of them, you know, and, and uh, just have, taking those three losses off the board puts me into a positive day. Just those three picks alone. So, uh, yeah, before uh, I really completely independent, this is where I'm going with when I say that Chad, Scott and I, we have a hundred years watching football. Uh, this old, really super nice, very intelligent, independently wealthy Jewish lady who's an attorney and a financial services person at the same time. And she helped me get this client, the $50 million client. And I was going to the meeting to close it. I didn't need her. But she said, oh, come meet with me, you know, before you go see that client to close the deal. And then she came up, but she's smart, you know, with this, this obscure detail that I have forgotten. I'm like, damn, I shouldn't have known that. I'm going to this meeting. She's like, it's all in your head. You've been studying this all these years. It's in your head. You've been watching football, Chad, since you're nine years old. You played college. You played in CFL, renally. You know what's going on, man. It's in your head. Now we add the portion part of it. There's no need to second guess you because your second, right? Overthinking of it is always going to happen. What happened last week? Your thoughts, Scott? Yeah, Stafford tried very hard to have the Vikings cover three interceptions. So, right. um, you know, the Rams, Rams and Vikings they didn't look offensively like they 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 usually do, which is scoring a lot, flow of the game. Uh, nice, smooth, uh, two teams, well-coached, right. offensively, calling good plays, calling plays, you know, in rhythm. Um, it just didn't look like either team was in rhythm that entire game. Um, and it showed. And it showed. I mean, there were no weather conditions. There was no wind, no nothing. So it, was it went over, though. It went over. Easily. Yeah, and it went over. It went over, which was great. Um, that tells you the both yeah, teams. The Usually, uh, again, Scott's calling it, going to call it the Pete Carroll rule. When you live in the past, you die in the past. <laughs> and usually games that go under are going over because of modern football. And okay. lack of depth. Yep. Uh, both teams are cheap. Except the Rams are less cheap because you're trying to get the Super Bowl at home at SoFi. And the refs know that, too. Uh, and I think the refs made a big difference in this game uh, for the Rams. Yeah, and like I, said, like I said in the podcast the other night, the Rams wanted to win this game because Arizona lost Saturday night. So if they lost Saturday night, a win would mean they're in the division lead and they get a home game at SoFi. And that's important. And that's important to them. So they want to try to get up to the two. $20 million importance in sales and then PR. Right. Because green Bay has a tendency to at home in the playoffs, not play as well. So if they're playing Tampa in the second round, like it's set up now, they could lose that game. So Tampa could be going to L.A. again to play, and the Rams beat them earlier in the year. So I felt love that Tom Brady and all that. Absolutely, absolutely, no question. So you got to look at that. And you say, yeah. oh gosh, well I've got thirty-two straight weeks in a row profit, thirteen years of profit, using that logic. So I might be Taylor Green. But it's green, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm making the, the green. I the color green is always the best like color. Green. <laughs> and she's making green too with those campaign contributions. Yeah. So if you're not making money, you're not making sense. If it makes money, then it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Know? No doubt. All right. I agree. Uh, 
the Pete Carroll rule, which is from the podcast on, we'll start calling it the Pete Carroll rule. If you live in the past, you die in the past. Every year is different. Every transition is traumatic. Doesn't matter if it's you're super successful, transitioning to a different career, getting divorced, going from middle school to high school, going from high school to college, college to finding a job. Every transition is traumatic. And the NFL is going through a big transition now. Goodell wants to retire. The season is longer. Uh, COVID now kind of added on to all the changes going on. And the uh, participation trophy generation is now here full force <laughs> quitting on us uh, because they got their money, right? And they get rewarded for it, failing forward. So you get upfront bonuses. Who cares, right? Like Trevor Lawrence, he doesn't care. I got my money, man. I got my great grandkids are rich. F you. I don't have to do anything, right? So I was thinking in the past, 2019, uh, USC, 2009, uh, with this game, and this is 2020, Pete Carroll was doing the same. He had a big lead fourth quarter with a bad offensive line, with a depleted defense that lacks depth because of him. He is the vice president. He is the general manager. He's the head of scouting. He's the head coach. And he's the defensive coordinator too, right? So it's all him. And Paul Allen, right? Uh, Paul Allen died with, a, you know, he could have been a trillionaire. He was on his way to becoming a trillionaire. Uh, but... I would take my life over Paul Allen. He died a recluse alone, right? But he owned the team, put Pete Carroll in charge. His sister, Paul Allen's sister, never done anything ever except have a super rich brother. She's not the owner of the team. She doesn't know what to do. She goes to the games. Now she's kind of in a pickle because people want her to fire this guy. And she's like, whoa, wait a second. I've never made a decision my whole life. Now you want me to fire the head coach of the main team in the city. I'm just... I got just going to the games, getting drunk. So he's still there in Seattle. And with his big lead, he, see, there was a lot of things going on in this game, right? Do we have to keep track of? Because we can. Uh, Justin Fields doesn't show up, right? Dalton doesn't show up. Nick Foles comes in, right? And Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. You got to look at, right? So people win Super Bowls, you can't put into account because the difference between a winner and a loser is a loser gave up uh, five minutes ago, right? Look at Chad. He's 27, but there's guys who made it at the NFL following Chad's trajectory in CFL in the Arena League at 32, 33, 34, 35. <laughs> so a decade from now, uh, Chad makes his debut you know, in the NFL and becomes Super Bowl MVP, right? Kurt Warner type situations, right? So that's a decade of 10 more years of shad grinding, <laughs> right? So with nutrition and with, you know, with uh, technology, uh, a 35-year-old is like a 20-year-old used to be, right? 30 years ago. So everything has changed. So that's why there's no excuses. Uh, I need to do more research, know that Foles was going to start this game. And then said, hey, Pete Carroll lives in the past. He has a five-win team. He's going to act like it's a 12-win team with a lead in the fourth quarter. 
and he's going to throw his tired defense out there. And a veteran quarterback has been seeing the same zone come at him the whole game, figured it out, two quick scores. They go for two. What you do? You go for two on the road with a shitty-ass team. <laughs> you go for two, then you win the game. But maybe they don't think they're going to win the game, but Chicago's going to cover in this situation. And this game's going over. So both were bad picks versus bad luck. But it was more on the over. This game was never going under. Uh, because this is uh, COVID time, lack of depth time, uh, I, I completely blew it, especially on the total. It should it, this, this game was going over no matter what. And then the, the Nick, you know, the Nick Foles fact. The man has won a Super Bowl with Frank Wright. Right? Frank Wright had a lot to do with that. But this, he doesn't give up. He's still he's on Chicago right now instead of just uh, like uh, Drew Brees, right, on a boat off Hawaii. You know, uh, if I had the resources, I would do that. I would be off an a island somewhere in a boat. But I don't have the resources with the Coast Guard, right? It's easy to kill me there. <laughs> Somebody knows them there. It's easy to kill Josh in the boat. No witnesses. Uh, what do you guys think about that one? Seattle? Chicago. Where the heck did Nick Foles come from anyway? <laughs> Where the yeah, heck did he come from? I had I had no idea he was starting either in this game. Right when I seen him in there, I said, "Oh shit!" Live bet time. I I I hate Pete Carroll. I actually hate Pete. <laughs> he 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 will not adapt. To, to doing anything else than run the ball on first down, right. run the ball on second down, and then throw a three or a four-yard short pass and make anything. DK Metcalf caught on the second drive, catches a 41-yard touchdown. Right. He has one catch with zero yards the rest of the game. How does that happen against a defense that's poor at Chicago? How right. does it happen? It, I know it was. A, I know the weather was was impactful on the game. Right. Um, it at points wasn't the entire game, but you knew when Seattle had the lead comfortably as a better. I'm saying, uh oh, what's going to happen now? And sure enough, it happened. Well, he, um, he had to keep doing what he was doing. You call you called it on the first down. He gets the lead. He runs it on first down. When he's yep. been passing it on first down, it's been open. You get that first first down. Suddenly, you get those defensive linemen running. You go fast to the line, then you run it, Pete. That's modern football. The the only thing I have believed out of Pete Carroll's mouth the whole year is I want to run the ball. <laughs> That's the right. only thing he's been saying for weeks. I'm trying to get DK. We're trying to get DK Metcalf going. No, you're not. You're not trying to get him going. DK well, Metcalf, not only with the offense anyway. He's a defensive guy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So at USC, uh, Norm Shaw would tell him to shut up and get out of the, the room for the – that's at USC winning those titles. Right. And the other thing is they're running 54 plays a game. That's 10% less than the Texans and the Jaguars are running. So on third down, they're a poor team. They're running the ball way too much. It's not leading to success for that team. Well, this is the I think Detroit could win that game this week. I think they could go up there and win that game against Seattle. 
I'm telling it, it it's a possibility that it's going to happen. Well, because Pete he Carroll just run the ball. He'll just run the, the ball. He's going to pass Exactly. Exactly. But, and that's one thing the college game has improved the pro game, running tempo. Yep. And I remember having Brett Ranslaff, I said, what's the reason the coach, remember, Ranslaff, offensive coordinator, is best friends with Klingsbury. And I asked him, when you're in those meetings, right, uh, why do you guys run tempo? Because, you know, I have my philosophy, but let's hear it from the horse's mouth. Let's do some journalism. Let's do some direct reporting. And he says, you run tempo to get the other team tired. Yep. So you're up by 14 points, get a first down, throw it on first down, and then run tempo. Let's run. They're depressed now. Yep. You wear out the other team. He's the only team now in the NFL not doing that. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? he's, he's living in the past. His defense has their, their tongues uh, on the ground. They're so right. tired right now. They're just completely shot, tired. So in the fourth quarter of games, their defense is non-existent because they're and just too tired. It's not helping him. No, not at all. Not at all. Russell Wilson should be the offensive coordinator, by the way. Well, he's saying that. He's saying that he, you know, he told he wasn't coming back this year unless he got him an extra offensive lineman and that Pete Carroll stayed off the offense. Yeah. You remember, he's the one that uh, said to throw it and Malcolm Butner made that interception instead of just giving it to Marshawn. And Marshawn would have wove himself into the end zone for a win. What yeah. do you think, Chad? Yeah, man, I'm with you guys. Um, the minute Nick, I saw Nick Foles out there, this game was going over all the way. Um, and then, yeah, I just think moving forward, I mean, Pete Carroll is just – he's taken he's taken put it on the defense to a new level. <laughs> I mean, he's he's created a whole new meaning to, for the statement, we're going to put it on the defense. Like Scott was saying, they've been out there all year. Um, they, they're not running a lot of offensive snaps. They're terrible on third-down conversions. Yeah, I, I just – a touchdown favorite. I, I mean, they're just golly. You can't. This t- is a team that I don't think will cover a touchdown spread. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm. What is the Lions line at now? I'm curious because yeah, I mean, if it's anywhere north or close to seven, you got to take Lions plus six. You know, uh, the guy's tanking for real. He does like those these decisions where they're winning to tank on purpose. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's not trying to get DK Metcalf going. I mean, you have to throw the ball to even consider getting him going, you know? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I just – Seahawks hey, are Chad, just – Yeah. It's minus seven Seahawks are favored right now. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I cannot believe that they would be yeah, that big. Yeah, points. Uh, I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, so – He's not going to change. He said it win forever. I'm not – No, he's not. He's not. And a seven-point lead, I mean – they're they're gonna do the same same thing. They're gonna run the ball, run the ball. It's gonna be just, a field goal game. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be a field goal game all day. Um, he's, two, he's two games away from the end of the season. Why would he change now? He's not gonna he's not gonna allow Russell to throw the ball forty no, times. And no. they've been they've been eliminated now from contention too. Yeah. So I mean, they might yeah. tank these last two games. Honestly, you're already eliminated. You might as well tank the last two. Get your draft pick up. Thing right? He he well, everybody. Here's the point. He doesn't have a first round draft pick. He traded it to the Jets for Jamal he Adams. Traded to the Jets. Yeah. Well, the Jets have it. He has nobody to blame. He has no general manager to blame. Nope. He traded the pick to the Jets. Yep. He overestimated his ability to coach this year. And oh, he, yeah. He, he's, he's out, man. He's over, 
Pete Carroll's getting older. He's got way I mean, too the much. decline, as Anna would say. Clinically, I, when putting words in Anna's mouth, where she, as they would say, cognitive decline, like Biden and Trump. Yeah. That's yeah. He, 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 I mean, if he wants to keep the title, yeah, if he wants to keep the title of GM, he needs to hire an assistant GM who really is the full time GM who he's meeting with for you know 10 hours of work. He meets with the guy for an hour just to go over the final, final right, stuff. Right, right. But he, he, he needs help, he needs help. There's no way that you can be the president, the general manager, the head of football operations, the head coach, the defensive coordinator, and the offensive coordinator. I mean. He's trying to do it all. Man. Years old at seventy yeah. years old. Joe yeah. has uh, in Trump they have uh, advisors. They have Secretary of State. You know, they, yeah. they, they don't really make any decisions. Uh, no, and, and Pete Pete is is so he's on this one man island with no advisors, no <laughs> right. no team around him. Like you said, Norm Chow when he was at SC, I mean, was was you huge know. for him. He needed and, those. And Norton. Hey Ken, yes, 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 Pete. But here's the here's the thing with that is there's two guys that do that. Carol is one, and I've and it's always been the, the thing up here in New England that Belichick, the GM, has never helped Belichick the coach. No, because he's never uh. given himself enough talent. But the difference is six Super Bowls in New England. That's yeah. that's the coach. Belichick is a different level coach than Carol. I agree. Carol needs oh, somebody thing. needs to get to Carol. Yeah, Belichick knows how to cheat better than the exactly. well, that, yeah. that too. That too. I, I, I think Belichick drafts better than Carroll, in my opinion too. I, I don't think. I, Belich- I think so. Yes. And and yes. I, and I, I don't. Well, think I know first thing he puts he's puts I me. Mean, I've told you guys the story probably a hundred times. The where I saw Belichick scouting, so he he puts the work himself. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and, he's not and, married. And, he's married to the game of football. He doesn't talk to any of his kids. He's football twenty four hour seven. Uh, all the time. Yep. Yeah, and 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 where where they're elite, you're not gonna, you're not first and second round picks. You're not gonna get that big of a difference because those guys are marching utilities all pretty close. But that third through seventh round, the Patriots seem to find gems in there every year. You know, that's where that where where Bill excels at. Um, is is those late draft picks where where the Seahawks are drafting terrible. Um, and I think both GM GM work from Pete and Bill. They both could use some help. In the Patriots well, are worth ten to fifteen billion dollars, really. Right. So Kraft, he's at the end of the the road with his twenty year old wife that he married, so he wouldn't get arrested. Yeah. Um. He he just has an open checkbook. He just wrote the checkbook for seventy nine million for defense that he's been working on for three years. That's why the Patriots defense is so bad. And what's the number that will resonate up here? One ninety nine. That was where Brady was picked. That turned yep. the whole franchise around. Right. Carol hasn't Carol hasn't found the fourth, fifth, or sixth round pick that will turn the franchise around like that. Yeah. Russell I mean, Wilson third round, but that was, yeah, that was, that was a good yeah, that's a good pick though, third round. But yeah, I mean Tom Brady's probably the best pick draft pick in the history, uh, I mean, ever. Uh, no question. No question. I mean to evaluate that and get him there and yeah, I mean incredible. All right. Uh Steelers to be living in the past. Uh and not listening, right? The Steelers do horrible. Last four games of the season, we pushed on the under. That was going under the whole way. Uh, Denver, that game, again, I'm not listening, right? Fangio puts handcuffs on their quarterback, and they just needed one play. 
And that play was on the Raider 45 with a tired Raider defense, fourth and three. You got to trust your offense at that point. You have to, or else you're not going to win that game. There's three and a half minutes left in the game. Fourth, you're, you're, you're saying your offense in the late in the fourth quarter against a tired defense cannot, professional players cannot pick up three yards. So that's on me knowing that Sandro, he needs cognitive decline too. Nobody's around him. I've seen him throw the red flag on obvious plays. So you say, oh, bad B. No, no, no. It's me. I made a bad decision evaluating the corporate governance of the Denver Broncos and Vic Fangio. Yes, he comes up with a great game plan every week during the week in the silence of his own office by himself. But when he's around people, right, he must be a recluse because when he's so isolated, when he's around people, he makes bad decisions. Even though they're all not around him, he's in a stadium, this and that. Maybe he should be coaching by the booth by himself like he is all day. Another guy who divorced, uh, alienated from his kids. His kids had, you know, fought lawsuits against him, right? Hey, you're a loader. Be alone at the press box and dialed in your decision. You can make decisions absolutely isolated on a booth, right? I should have known that. He got with Basashi. Now, Basashi is a people person. When he tried to be a head coach at USF, he called all the alumni heads. He called me. He's a people person. He's running around. There's nobody saying anything in the hustle, but he's special teams, people, people. And when he yelled at the Raiders at halftime, they listen, right? They'll play hard for Basashia because he's a good guy, people person type of guy. And he offered to pay everybody. Come on, let's win the second half. Everybody gets $5,000, right? (laughs) You know, the locker room resonated with them after he cursed them out and the Raiders came out and said, hey, he can't do that every week. He picked the right spot to do that because he's the people people. He's reading people. And that's his job there, to motivate. Olsen's coming up with the offense, Bradley with the defense. His job is to schedule practice and make that one speech to win one game. And that's the difference there. Uh, and then we'll close because Chad has to go. We got uh, Washington, right? It was funny. Somebody asked about the real the real Cowboy D offense. There it was. They were waiting for the Washington game to come up with the real offense. They didn't have to do that. They could have just done what everybody else is doing and waited for other people to make mistakes like Philadelphia did, the way Tampa Bay did. Tampa Bay didn't show anything. They didn't do nothing. They just waited for Donald to throw a pick six. And that was their offense. Uh, and then we talked about Ian Book. Once we saw Ian Book, see, there's a thing. Do your research and be active. Now we know, right, so we can get 100% next week. When Nick Foles was in, go with Nick Foles. When Iron Book is in, go against Iron Book. All right, right, guys, what do you guys have before we close? So so Ian Book just played the Saints out of the playoff, seven-seed playoff for sure. I mean, um, you know, Sean Payton is a really good coach. You could be the best coach in NFL history. You're not going to overcome what Ian Book didn't do last night. Right, right. Um, In terms of the Denver Broncos, you know, I'll combine my fantasy and my, and my betting is the Raiders are in the bottom 10 in rushing allowed. Denver only ran the ball 14 times that game. Why are they throwing the ball so much? Run the ball, get some first downs, loosen the defense up, then throw the ball. 
Um, and the steel is just, I don't know what, what happened to steel is they just did not play well at all on um, both sides of the ball. So those are my things. Those definitely the saints thing was a bad pick. Um, as soon as we knew in book was that, and I probably should have gone the other way on it. Right. No. Um, yeah. And I, Washington just Dallas just buzzsawed them completely Sunday night. That was just a, that was just a complete bashing against Washington. So. Right. Um, I'd say I'd say bad. I didn't think Dallas was going to do that. So bad, bad luck on that. Uh, you know, with the double digit dog uh, steel is bad luck. They just didn't they just didn't show up to play. They didn't want to show up. At to all. play. They're done. Yeah. They, and they're done. And they're another team that's they're physically done. They, Tom yeah. is the guy who physically wears out his team every single year. They start off strong like they yep. did in Buffalo. And then at the end, they lose the last three games. I knew and, that. No, I didn't know it. I right. contemplated big, that, but I should know it. And, and actually, Big Ben is gone. Right. And Big Ben is, is a washed quarterback right now. So, right. Um, you know, they're going to obviously let him start. He, he's done in Pittsburgh after this year, yeah. I believe. So I think we're just living in the past with Pittsburgh. They're just not yeah. the Pittsburgh of the past. Their no. defense is not there. Their offense is – they're just – they're just a down team this year. They're not – they're not – Tomlin – can't overcome the just the lack of talent and they have right now on that on that roster and unfortunately no, that's he's the, not making adjustments either he's not yeah and that's that still is practice or whatever and that still is teams in a rebuild mode so next year that they, they may be a, a team you bet against a lot i mean you're just looking at you know the rest of this year and going into next year you know big ben gone there's no quarterback out there in the draft that's gonna come in and turn her and turn their franchise around so they they may be looking at a mason rudolph next year so, you know, that's that's my feeling on that is that Pittsburgh may be a team you go against more than you, you bet in the next year and two games. So, yeah, and if they don't have, if Pittsburgh doesn't have a Le'Veon Bell or a really good running game, their defense is going to be on the field way, way too long. Again, it's the same thing, <laughs> putting yes. it on the defense. It's yes. going to be way, way, way too long. Right. All right. Agreed. Uh, this is why we've been able to get 32 straight weeks of profit because we track whatever you track and measure the hearts are shaky, you improve your performance 10 to 20 percent. So if we didn't do this instead of 61.5 profit, we would be 40.5, right? Losing money. And to get up to the higher level, we have to be disciplined in every single mistake we're making here and um, hold ourselves accountable. I need to hold myself accountable not to make the same mistakes because next week is going to be different. There's going to be new things going on, but we're ready for the new stuff. The, you know, I am book starting late minutes. You know, uh, we understand COVID now. Uh, this is the other thing too. We'll close before Winston Churchill. Clear evidence of NFL teams. And that's why I say don't believe in the instant running at Santa Claus. They're lying to you, right? The NFL said, NFLPA, that 95% of players were vaccinated. Nope, right? Because you have, what, 15 guys on the on the Saints uh, on the COVID list, and you say, Josh, what are you talking about? You can get COVID with a booster. Yeah, you only get tested if you have not been vaccinated. Vaccinated players do not get tested. So if you have asymptomatic COVID, you're not going to go get tested. And, and, be, athletes who would do that. and before you go to Churchill, 
Yeah. Carson Wentz just got put on the COVID list. So Sam right. Ellinger is probably starting this one Sunday. So there you go, rookie quarterback Ian Bookmore. Ah, dude, this COVID shit is ridiculous, man. Yeah, it is. It's it's it not even is. it doesn't even make sense. It's like it's like it's like political, you know. It's like, oh, we don't like you, A B Antonio Brown, you're kind of a bad guy, so you're gonna get suspended for three games. But you you're a you're a but Rogers, you're you're a better guy, so we'll give you a, a no game suspension. Yep. Like yeah. what the? F- I mean, come on, NFL. This it's so. I mean, at least try to pretend COVID is is. You're just using COVID as an excuse to manipulate this stuff. It's not, you know. I mean, right? They're you're they're right. making COVID. They're making COVID like it's not even real. You know, they're they're. Oh well, you know, same in college bowl games. You're seeing. Oh well, we don't want to get our ass whipped, so we all have COVID. Right. Oh, well, so did anyone did anyone confirm that? Um, can can you? T- oh well, exactly, exactly. So in the last, in we're the more last- transparent, and we have more direct evidence in the NFL or college bowl or anything. In the last 10 days, I read they put more than 500 players on the COVID list, right. the NFL, in the last 10 days. Right, and that's more than 5%. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, a flat-out lie. So you can't it's like they're it. looking for They're on a witch hunt saying, oh, maybe you got COVID, so we're going to test you. Oh, yeah, well, you got COVID. So. And, and, and also, it's like if these players are vaccinated, they're totally – Taking they're away not, the, not, the it, it come clear yeah. that these players, those 500 players, haven't taken not even one shot. So it was a lie when they said, "Oh, 95% of the players were vaccinated." Flat out yeah. lie. It so it honestly, it, it's it seems like a punishment for guys who aren't vaccinated versus them actually being sick. I mean, I don't, it's crazy, man. I don't that, understand that what. Monday night game last night was probably the worst Monday night game I, I've ever watched, yeah. ever. Because of, of simply what the NFL did to the Saints. Yeah, it's for, it's uh, it's yeah. the manipulation and the the it, like. I mean, a lot of people believe COVID is a mechanism of control, and, and and the NFL seems to be using it as a control vector more than anything else. They always have. They always have. You know, hundred percent. Hundred percent. sports betters, but well, we want to see what the evidence. We don't care either way. We just want to know exactly what it is, yeah. and, and this shows you why I was. I, I haven't watched uh, a game with the announcer listening to the announcers for years. And that's why, because they're all PR machines. They're lying to you. Uh, yeah. If they're not lying to you, they're getting the information wrong. And the information they're giving to you isn't going to help you consistently yeah. make yeah. money watching the games. Yeah. You got a like Bernard Wolfman, independently wealthy guy. We was talking about finance. Stocks and money. He said, Josh, you see with your eyes. And I didn't get it right away. Now I know what you're saying. You see mm-hmm. with your eyes. You watch the screen on the field. You go to training per- camp and watch the players. 80% of what these commentators are talking about is COVID. Oh, this guy's on the COVID list. This guy's on the COVID list. This guy got COVID Friday. This guy. It's all they're talking about. I watched the Patriots bills with the commentators on. Right. 75% of what they were talking about. He got COVID this day. He got COVID that day. But but that hit the nail on the head. That's why you can't believe the number numbers from the casinos. Yeah. Right. We haven't seen the information. We don't know if that guy has COVID or not. He could exactly. have AIDS. Because remember, uh, health information is not disclosed. The guy could have AIDS. Nobody's seen the test. Look at Antonio Brown. Right. He had a fake. Uh, the Antonio Brown situation. They completely lied about everything. Yeah. Right? Yep. They're like, oh, yeah. had a fake vaccination card. No, he didn't yeah. pay his chef, and he did not pay certain people. You have to pay 
or else you are going to get in trouble. Yep. One the, this, yep. the fake vaccination card, there's like 10 other butts with that same vaccination card that the butts know about and around the league. Right. Right? Right. There's a lot of people with fake vaccination card. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, like Chad said, he lied too. So it's lies yeah, on top of lies. He did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, is the COVID test for 50%. You have to take two rapid tests in a row. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if a coach is like, if you have a coach or somebody terminally ill battling cancer or, and they don't want to release that information to the public, I mean, they could be out with COVID, you know, every other week. You know, that's what they're going to tell you. Or they don't or want to tell you. Or if you have a quarterback with AIDS, right? Yeah, so so here's my question. AIDS, you can't release that information. This guy's playing every week. And it's not as transmissible as uh, not as transmissible as COVID. But if somebody with AIDS sweats on you, right? I don't know anybody who would let somebody with AIDS sweat on. So here's here's my question. Of course, uh, five f- five or six coaches are out because of COVID. Wouldn't every player have COVID or be in close contact? Don't they deal with their players every day at practice? Right, those are five unvaccinated coaches. Yeah, that that just goes to show it's not uniform, and half the shit is made up. Right, right, right. It's exactly you know, it's 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 a 50% real world and a 50% fantasy control made up world. Yep. Well, that's that's why I say about the refs, right? Who's who's the independent party uh, monitoring the referees? There is there is. (laughs) Us, uh, us three. Yeah, yeah. It's us knowing human nature and anticipating what would you do if you're the ref on this call? And you know there's really no repercussions for this as long as you're making the league money. Yep. What's his face, man? He's he's taking it to the new level, but we're catching on to him because he's seven years old like uh, Carol uh, Vinovich and that other ref. Yeah. All right, guys, I got I to gotta hop off. All right, All right Chad. Good, good stuff. Though. All, right. All right, talk to you guys later. Take care, Chad. I'm all right. All right, so Winston Churchill said, we make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And uh, we're ready, fired up for tomorrow to learn from uh-huh. our mistakes. Yep. Take it to a whole new level. That's why this one don't cost $800 and that goes $200. And I don't know what that cost, I'm just shitting the work. That's why I work.